0: Right from the beginning, our priority has been the health and safety uh, of our student athletes. Nothing's been more important. Winning or losing any game doesn't matter as much to us as the health and safety of these kids that we care about and love that are playing for us and for the state of Nebraska every week. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker fan sports show
1: with Dave, Hunky, Mac, and Boomer.
2: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, Honky, and uh, I'm with Mac.
1: What's up, Redcasters? Aftermath edition. Let's uh, let's unpack some stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, um, this is going to be a little different t- kind of show, I think, than what we've done in the past, Mac. It's going to be a little more raw. It's going to be a little more off the cuff and everything. Um, yeah, Dave and Boomer and, and those guys, uh, they don't even know we're doing recording right now. I mean, this is just something we, we couldn't record. And first, before I go forward, I just want to give... Credit and thanks to those guys that did a show the other night because Mac, you and I missed it. That was my first show I've missed in a hundred whatever. Many. Yeah, the
1: streaks over, the streaks I, over. It took it took them canceling college football. To I couldn't get hockey, do it to not be on a podcast, and I feel like that's fair. But yeah, that show that those guys did it was it was a smart episode. We talked about this before, but uh, they they touch on some stuff that a lot of people don't touch on. You know, when they talk about you know like funding dollars and research mm-hmm. dollars and things that really do matter to a university and all go into the into the decision making process, so it was it was very valuable, and I would have had nothing to contribute. Well, major credit to those guys. They did that show for
2: people that aren't aware. They did that on Wednesday night, thirty six hours after the announcement was made, uh, over twelve hours before Nebraska even gave our official response that yes, we're staying in the Big Ten. Those guys had already hit the nail on the head with every reason why. There was no reason Nebraska was ever going to leave the Big Ten. That wasn't going to happen. Yeah. That was a false narrative that was being pushed by some national guys. That the, was fake news. Oh, the, the Desmond Howards and, and Michael Wilbons and Pat Forties, and we're going to get to those guys in a little bit. Yeah. But those dudes. You're on blast. <laughs> those dudes, man. Um, I want to give credit to our guys. You know, uh, Producer Skip who was on the show that night, did a great job there, incredibly talented guy, Uh, Redcast Rob. Rob is is new to Husker Nation, he's new to to our group even, Mm -hmm. and um, he's an emotional type guy, but you know what, I I give that guy so much credit that he wants to learn Nebraska football. He puts in the time, he studies and reads and watches everything that's out there. I give him all the
1: credit. It's interesting to watch his fandom grow, because it's Mm -hmm. coming at it from a different angle, but I do appreciate it.
2: The guy, you know, I mentioned emotion. I think the guy that had the most emotion on that show, but he's a pro. He's our leader, Dave. He had to be the guy to to run run it. But I mean, I know he was hurting. I know what he was feeling. That it was raw with him there. But he was just trying to keep the show going. And Dave, I give you credit. And then our other guy, Boomer, he hasn't felt an emotion
1: in his body since 1987, I don't think. Boomer's very British with his emotions. <laughs> um, I think that's probably a compliment he would take, actually. I think so. Very analytical. Like I said, they thought
2: through this, and so I give them credit. Mac, that's not you and I.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it was uh, It was pretty surreal the first few days, so I don't know. I didn't really have anything to comment on. It just hadn't really hit me. Well,
2: Last weekend, I went... My wife and kid and I, we, we flew out to uh, Denver and we hung out with Dave and his family. And it's somewhere around Saturday or Sunday that, you know, all the stuff starts coming in. Let's go through the timeline. Yeah. You start getting all the Big Ten stuff of, well, you know, there's votes and there's 12-2s and all these sources. And, you know, oh, my goodness, it's just craziness. And I'm trying to not pay attention to my phone. Mm. I'm trying to be on this little weekend
1: getaway. And it's like, what is going on? It was a very refresh-heavy day. It reminded me, and not in a good way, of the uh, when we got Lubick. You know, oh, that yeah. kind of Fast and Furious news. And this was more horrifying mm-hmm. uh, than it was good. But it, at the same time, it was like, what is going on? And then you wonder, are people making this up to make up stories? This is even happening, but you don't know. Were the wheels turning behind the scenes right now? Or was some of this narrative driving some of these these announcements that they were making. But for whatever reason, though, you know, come Monday on a, on a regularly scheduled you know, press conference, mm-hmm. you know, Frost takes the mic. And, you know, with good reason, he addresses what's kind of been the story throughout the weekend, which is if there's talk of canceling the Big Ten season, then we need to look into other options, right? And, I mean, it seemed appropriate the time. Ta- at the time. I don't know how many times within the conference he mentioned how – we were proud members of the Big Ten, you know. Mm-hmm. We, he said that over and over again yep. and only stressed the point of playing other games if that wasn't an option.
0: Uh, we're a proud member of the Big Ten. Uh, I think it's the best conference in the country. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. I think our university is committed to playing football any way that we possibly can, regardless of what anybody else does.
1: And, and looking into it like, well, we don't know because it had the decision had been made, right? Sure. He, so he didn't know what, it if what the what his options were at that point. It was never a line in the sand. It was total horseshit. Oh.
2: When we hear from any of those national guys I mentioned earlier, and there's other ones too, the column cowards and, and fine bombs and all that garbage, the people that came out and attacked Frost for what he talked about on Monday. they're they're not understanding this timeline. Everything he said on Monday, he was the first guy to say it. And he said it a full 24 hours in front of the Big Ten making any decisions at all. And let me just repeat what his first comments were. And and tell me, Mac, how horrible these these are, you know, how awful these comments
0: that uh, Frost said. He goes, I want to start off by saying how proud I am. am, uh, To be representing the University of Nebraska, the city of Lincoln, and the state of Nebraska in my job. Uh, I can't imagine being anywhere and representing people that I care about more than the job that I'm in right, right now. That's his first statement. Posturing.
1: I mean,
2: horrible, yeah. isn't it?
0: Well, clearly, he's he's ready to whine.
2: Yeah. A- as he goes on to talk about what the impact of this sh- not having football would mean to the university, to the city, to all the people involved, the lost jobs, the economic impact, and not to mention that he also has 150 kids that have been working their tail off. Yeah, Absolutely tail off for the last nine months. And to just go in and go, oh yeah. By the way, it's over yeah. three days after, right. you know, or five days after they announced that they had a schedule. That's what he. That's what he had the audacity to say. And to, to the credit of a lot of people, for the next twenty four hours, he was actually hailed as a voice yeah. for college football. He was the only one saying what right. he said. Yeah. That's an alpha male leader. That yeah. is a leader that didn't care about what the the pushback would be if there was going to be pushback, and there wasn't. Like I said, the first twenty four hours, it was right. pretty cool. And then the Big Ten makes their decision. And then what happens? Yeah. When Nebraska comes out, and you want to talk about leadership? Man, I am I have never been prouder of the university's leadership. From Coach Frost to A.D. Moose to Chancellor Green, to President Carter, all the way up to literally the Board of Regents. They have been as consistent in in message, and they have never wavered from it. There's been no backstabbing or somebody saying something different than something else. They have been on the same wavelength this entire time. It is completely refreshing as a Husker fan to see. And it also would completely explain why we might be confused that the Big Ten made the move that they made in the way that they did.
0: The leadership at the University of Nebraska has been incredible. The guys that I've worked with, uh, from the governor to Ted Carter, uh, to Ronnie Green, Bill Moose, and others, our Board of Regents, uh, we're committed to playing football at the University of Nebraska.
1: You know, not only was the leadership unified this entire time, We've been on the forefront of, of developing protocols and trying to figure out a way yes. to make football happen in a safe environment for our players. Not just football players, but all of our athletes. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska's been on that. It's not like we're uh, we're looking by and hoping things go well. We are actively pursuing means to protect these players, have a college football season, save all these local businesses, and, You know, make sure that the economy doesn't take another ginormous hit after this terrible virus has hit us, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's not just the fact that we're wanting to play football. We've, we've been producing... I, I don't know. I, everybody kind of looks at Nebraska like, you know, I, these people don't understand the virus. And it just blows my mind. Yeah, like, it's like, like, all we think about is football out here. Guys... Look Look at the people making decisions in the Big yeah. Ten right now. They, a lot of them have been consulted by UNMC, so it doesn't. Well, the, UNAMC, not- the UNMC guy was in charge of the Big Ten
2: COVID response. I mean, he it, we UNMC has played a major role in this. If you've lived in the state of Nebraska for the last six months, you can't turn on the TV without a commercial that either has Bill Moose or Scott Frost or there's the other one that has Ronda Ravel and, and Hoiberg and, and Ryan Helds on it and a bunch right. of athletes, mm-hmm. and they're all telling you. They're saying wear masks, yeah. social distance, do all the right things. Right. Anybody that wants to sit there and attack Nebraska in any way
1: yeah. that we aren't serious about this virus, yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But going back to what we were talking about, which was you know the way Frost came out and how this message was received. You know, Urban Meyer talked about it earlier this week, but. Coach's job is being a player advocate, right? I mean, sure. you go there and you do sit on a couch and you tell these these players' parents, "Hey, I'm going to take care of your kid for the next X amount of years. You know, I'm going to help develop him as a, as a man. You know, I will do what I can to to make this kid what I said I would, as long as he puts in his his side of the work." And and that's the thing; these players have been doing their side of things, mm-hmm. and these universities are letting them down. And you know they could probably point to some incidences where players have gone out and gotten covid and brought it back and but listen you know kids will be kids but i also find it interesting like <clears throat> that where are all the people when these players were talking tro- talking about you know, maybe unionizing and developing a player league and getting paid on image and likenesses. They seem to have a lot more people backing these guys up and telling them, yeah, we got to take care of these guys. They, they put themselves on the line, which I agree the, with. Their voices
2: are important. And right? I
1: agree with that. But it seems like when these same players say, hey, we really want to play, We're, we feel safe here. I feel like well, I'm taken care of. I feel like the best thing for me to do is to continue playing football. At that, then it seems to be like, shh, guys, the adults are talking, and mm-hmm. you don't really have input. Neither do your parents, and we're not going to exactly tell you how we came to this decision, anyway. So, shh, you know. But like, I don't see anybody standing up for players when they say that. That that that's my thing. I mean, well, we, other than other than fans that don't understand how viruses work.
2: Well, you're speaking of parents. And Nebraska, in just in the last 24 hours, uh, we have there's a new Twitter group at Parents Nebraska, and and it's the the Nebraska version of this. I'm a proud follower. Proud follower, yes. Follow them at Parents Nebraska. Um, Gosh, they've gone from like zero to like almost three thousand followers, and by the time this thing drops, hell, it'll probably be four thousand.
1: It's not because it's, of us, just because of momentum. Well, we but then did, when then when it you hear it on us, it should blow up. Another well, I
2: did post something to and
1: I posted something. Larry the Cable Guy retweeted it, so his six hundred
2: thousand followers got to see uh, that you should follow yeah, and support big, them. Larry's big, um, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. And and, th- and by the way, that parents thing. I know Nebraska parents uh, started with Snodgrass, uh, Coach Snodgrass Uh in York. I know that was something that he was starting to put together. I think Ben Hart's parents have been involved with that too. And I'm sure I'm missing some of the other ones. That was starting back on Wednesday or Thursday. But one of the first schools that that went very public with with it was Iowa. Their parents did. Uh Since then, Penn State and Ohio State. And what's interesting is, out of all of this, I want to talk in a little bit later, Mac, about the unity that I'm starting to see within Husker Nation. Uh But there's even some unity within the division of the Big Ten, this idea, Nebraska again. We were the we were the outliers. Kick us out, right. blah blah blah. We're the only ones disagreeing with this fourteen team. You know, like perfect a child union.
1: throwing a tantrum. Yeah,
2: we're the tantrum throwers. And there's meanwhile, there's thirteen other adults in the room, and we right. were the only ones that were fighting. Right. And all of a sudden, what you're starting to see with Ryan Day quoting, essentially quoting for us, and Jim Harbaugh coming out and saying the same thing as Frost. Wisconsin players saying the same thing as Frost. Urban Meyer defending Frost on mm-hmm. BTN. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Warren not being able to answer questions right. that essentially Nebraska was asking when Dave Renzine was asking him. Yeah. And then parent groups from all those schools I just mentioned. When they were all saying the exact same thing, all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. I don't know that Nebraska is being that, that crying child. Now, let me be extremely clear here. Nebraska was not being a, a, a crying child, but we also were not asking to leave the conference, and that is the thing that uh, probably, as we went through that that timeline, as we go through on t- on Tuesday, they yeah. make the announcement, and then over the course of the next two to three days, we are getting destroyed right. by the Desmond Howards and the Michael Wilbons yeah. and the and the Pat Forty has a special place that total ass clown um, <laughs> that. That was right when we were going to record the other night, and I already said I wasn't recording. Yeah. On Wednesday night, that was in the the midst of all that. I'm like, there's no way I can I can't talk about it right now because mm-hmm. we were still getting hit with left and rights. Yeah. And sometimes when you get hit with left and rights, you just have to take it for a couple of days until you can comprehend it, and then come back with your defense and your attack back. And oh, we have attacked back, mm-hmm. and yeah. we have rightfully attacked back. I have tweeted at all of those guys I've mentioned, Howard and Wilbon and Forty. Did you times. see that
1: the Husk guys got blocked by Desmond? I am
2: trying. Shout
1: out to the Husk guys guy. getting blocked by Desmond Howard. It's it's pretty impressive actually because that means he had to have seen enough of your tweets to go ahead and block you. That's a lot of truth you guys are throwing at him. Keep up the good work. Fake count of time. I don't
2: know what I need to do because I have attacked. <laughs> I have sent so many tweets at them. But what all I'm doing is I'm just saying paging. Michael Wilbon, paging, yeah. you know, Desmond, and paging Pat Forty. And all I do is I, I'm taking another tweet where it's literally one more group, yeah. a, a Big Ten group, but the Iowa parents, the Wisconsin players, whoever it is, you name it. And Ryan Day supports the, you know, the yeah. Ohio State parents yesterday with a hashtag fight. And all I do is just retweet it back to those guys and just say, hey, you know, paging yeah. you guys, are you
1: guys going to call for these guys to leave the conference? Because that's basically all Nebraska said. All you need to know. To tell you that it that Desmond Howard is a complete troll on the internet is even after he wrongfully got all over Nebraska about seeming spoiled and and you know if we want to leave go ahead and go even after that and it's he had some time to marinate on it and actually look at the press conference and realize that's never what was said and other people. Coming out and supporting it, he shoots out a meme of Michael Jackson moonwalking. Yep. So he doubles down on his own dumb, glib reply. It just shows you he's a troll. Troll. He's not not in there anything but to get clicks from Nebraska fans because God love us. We will click. We will come at you, and we will say some really funny stuff. And let, hey, whatever the comments are, worth it to me. I don't mind him getting some clicks if the comments are as funny as some of the Husker fans. Well, have been. you know, so we're just so, keep hitting them. It's hey, fine with me. You know, as as the you pet, win,
2: Desmond. As the Pat Forties of the world like to say, we're just this irrelevant little you yeah. know, no nothing state in the middle of the country with no population. And it's funny that when those irrelevant uh, journalists want to get a little bit of relevancy, who they come after? They come after us. Mm. Look, I can live honestly with the fact. I, I hate that this sounds weird coming from me. I can live with the fact that there might not be football this year, only in the sense that it's certainly not a surprise. It is something that we knew all off, all off season could be a possibility. Yeah, you put it, on a brave face, but you knew it. I mean, happen. if every conference comes out there, if the ACC and the SEC and the Big Twelve who are trying their best to do it, if they, I'm not convinced they're going to be able to pull it off either. I mean, it can absolutely come crashing what down if they for them. Do? I know, but let's just for a Easy. moment. I know, I for know a Moment, I know let's just go down the path that that something happens that makes it. You it's know, all gone. just It's impossible for them to have it. There is no problem. Worst case football. scenario. I can live with that in the sense I had that... Oh, to say is worst, worst case that's scenario. That's the worst <laughs> case scenario, and, and we all we all, we all understood that could be that. What I can't live with is how this went down with the Big Ten. And the lack of leadership and the lack of communication started from Kevin Warren, the commissioner, to, to come out on Wednesday of a week and a half ago and have a big party on BTN you know, showing off your new schedule, and then to have the complete dysfunction of what was going on all of last weekend mm-hmm. to then the how they, they released it the day after Frost made his statements and everything, how they did it, um, the lack of effort. It's shameful what they did to the conference coaches and the players, the local economies, everything. And the other thing is it really, again, to give – I want to give credit back to Nebraska's leadership. It showed when you started to see some of the other schools, Michigan's leadership I don't think quite agree is in Maybe accordance not. with what you know Harbaugh wanted. Right. And there's some examples of that with other schools too – it really shows how Nebraska's on the same page yeah. and I didn't see that with all the other schools. Well, those just, schools are it's going to start
1: to get messy at those places. You saw it with Minnesota. Uh, Flex seems to be on the same page. Well, they're on
2: they're the same page. They just yeah. don't want to play, I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, same
1: page though. Well, they're same page. I
2: guess <laughs> yeah, you get 11 in two season if you just quit college football then for the rest of the time you're you ended on a high note, I guess. That's it, maybe that's their goal.
1: The the whole handling of this decision seemed very clumsy and it seems like you didn't come from a position of strength, so you're in no position to argue it. And when you're seeing so many people Iowa families, Nebraska parents, you see mm-hmm. Ohio State. Now Justin Fields has got a player thing going, right? Yep. You see so many people going, hey, you know, we want to talk about this. And yep. it's crickets, and it's like, well, okay, so what are – are you just a – you're just a ruler? Or are we having to talk about this at all? Because it sure seems like we didn't have a lot of leadership, a lot of leadership. Decision made, shut up. We're not going to talk about it. Like, that's a weird yeah. kind of stance to take. and. You know, some people, Desmond Howard, Michael Wilbon, seem to have zero problem with how this has been fed to the whole entire conference. Not just Nebraska, but the entire conference just got this news. Mm -hmm. And I promise there isn't a football team in this conference that's happy to hear they're not going to play. I don't care what the presidents say. But there's not a football player on those 85 scholarships per team that's going, awesome, man, we finally get Mm -hmm. out of a year of football. They're not doing that. So that's not being taken into account. You say player safety. And at the same time, you look at me and you'll say, we'll play in the spring, and then we'll play in the fall. Are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, football's a dangerous game. (laughs) Football's a dangerous game. We all agree upon that. And I'm not saying we're not taking extra risk with COVID. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not. We also agree that CTE is a far more likely thing to happen to this age group of males in the prime of their life than maybe coming down with COVID and seriously doing them damage. I just uh, I don't know the numbers, and someone could check that, and I hope they do, because I bet I'm right. But we're going to stay now. Let's go ahead and cram two seasons into that and bang on these kids' heads for that much longer, because that's acceptable. That's fine. But- There's no long-term consequences. This is just player safety, guys. This is just player safety. Well, I've, I'm struggling to feel those, those kind of statements without the facts behind them a little bit, and also the offset of, well, they're being monitored. Well, they're being fed perfectly. Well, they're in excellent shape. No one's looking after these guys better. You send some of these guys home.
0: They have better access to medical care here. If we send them somewhere else, are they gonna have doctors screening them for, for symptoms? Are they gonna have people taking care of them? Are they gonna have access to medical care if they do contract the virus? Where are they gonna go and what are they gonna do? If we send them home, they're not going to have access to regular testing to make sure that we know who has it, who doesn't, who they should be hanging out with, who they shouldn't. Again, I I truly believe at the bottom of my heart in regards to testing and the things that we can do for our players, that they're safer here than they are if we cancel season and send them somewhere else.
1: I work a little bit in public health. So you send some of these guys home, and let's say mom and dad don't have Blue Cross, Blue Shield, but they have something else then you know how long the line is at the medical clinic they might go to? Mm -hmm. You know how long it takes to get care? That's not the case here. So stop saying it's 100% player safety. If you want to change it to liability... A truer argument. Just tell us Let's it. say that then. Because just be true. Then then we could talk about a whole different circumstances that maybe we could still play, but I feel like we don't want to have well, that conversation. You, you already, you already kind of gave it away with, with a little
2: bit of what you do in your own life, Mac. My soapbox it, is humongous right well, now. <laughs> well, you gave it away a little bit because I, I wanted to call you out for a second. You're just, well, you're just a, you don't care. You're just a fan that just wants to see football. What the hell do you know about COVID? Have you ever worked with somebody that has COVID, Mac? Yes. Oh, wait, you have. Lots of times. Oh, you mean... You mean you care about humanity and you care about football at the right. same time? Yeah. You mean a guy like Rob Zasko? I'm a very
1: good person. Yeah.
2: A guy yeah. like Rob Zaska with Doc Talk. Yeah. That they did a great show last weekend. If it, by all means, listen to Doc Talk. The second you get yeah. done, listen to this. If you haven't already. Here's a doctor. Yeah. This I think he knows what he's talking about.
1: I've heard he's also a good person.
2: And he also, you know, had about twice the GPA that you and I had together. You know what I mean?
1: So point is he In fairness. Not a huge accomplishment, <laughs> but I get where you're going. <laughs> but the point is that there are actually people for for the you know the
2: the people that are so woke about COVID that want to explain to to people like you, Mac, um, mm. that how COVID works. That are like, well, you do realize this is a serious medical yeah. issue, right? There yeah. are actually doctors. Yeah. There are actually people in the medical community that think it's possible. In yeah. fact, as we've learned, and what uh, Tim Brando even posted today on Twitter is that that 12-2 vote that we were all talking about might have actually been 8 to 6 is what he's hearing. And I
1: just retweeted that today and said – I can see that being a hard number to get to. You know, that's a lot of numbers to count.
2: Well, and what is 8 to – you think about how close this is to playing or not playing. Wow, what if it's 8 to 6, and then, and I, all I said after that was, I retweeted it and I go, think about this for a moment. The original vote was 8 to 6, not 12 to 2 as originally reported. And even that vote was based off of a myocarditis, how do you say?
1: Myocarditis. It? Myocarditis.
2: Sorry. Myocarditis study that a University of Michigan cardiologist has later called flawed. So yeah. the potential is that this vote was 8 to 6, and that was even with potentially flawed data that they were basing it off of. And at the end of the day, you know what? I don't care about the votes. I don't care about what the Big Ten does. This is what I'm going to ask. This is my, my tall tale ask that Talk comes out me. about this. All offseason, we've used one word over and over again, and it was flexible. Let's just be flexible. Right. Husker fans, right. you're going to need to be flexible. Coaches need to be flexible. Players need to be flexible. What I'm asking for isn't a crazy thing here. I'm asking the Big Ten to be flexible. I realize that there are contracts in place and there are TV contracts and all that stuff. And those are fine and dandy 99.9% of the time. But guess what? Right now we are asking for the first time since 1889 to not play football. And we have had pandemics in between now and then. This isn't the first time that that's happened. I'm not downplaying COVID, wear mask, people do all the right things. And at the same time, yeah, Spanish flu
1: people are looking at you like, yo, we played Dave and Boomer. have. I'm not have, trying to be flipping about this, this well, either. I know this impacts people. Yes, but I just this is more about my irritation with disingenuous arguments and a lack of clarity, mm-hmm. and and that's really it. I just feel like there's a lot of lives that are being affected by this, and and we're not getting clear reasons why. And it's not inhumane yep. to talk about the living amongst those who are also possibly simple. Talked about that. It's not all an inhumane this. argument to talk about those who have to deal with life anyway. Yep. So I don't know why that's become the the, the virtue signaling that you might get sometimes. Yeah, when we talked to Simple a couple of weeks ago. He talked about, you know, it's humane, it's humanity
2: to think about the people that are affected that are living with this. Yeah. that the, the people that are losing businesses and, and all of those, it's humanity to care about those people, too. And that's very true. Now, Boomer and Dave have rubbed off on me, at least, in terms of data is important. And I know I'm a, I am swing from the hip. And Not I, me, man. I do some emotion. Sh- straight from the gut. But the data thing was interesting because I did want to look up a Spanish terrible flu. terrible at
1: by the way. Yeah. You never follow me.
2: <laughs> I wanted to look up Spanish flu. Just because that's the thing that we're most compared to mm. right now. And
1: 1918... Well, you typed it in wrong and it was Spanish fly. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Delete history. Sorry. <laughs> Spanish flu,
2: 1918. Do you know, Matt, do you know how many people died from Spanish flu? No.
1: Over 100,000?
2: The the numbers, there were these ranges of like 500 to 800,000. But, but the one number that I saw was 675,000. Okay. Okay. Do you know how many people lived in America in 1918? Uh, Significantly less than now, but... 103 million. And you compare that today, right now we have roughly 320, 325, something around those lines. So if you would just to to change the population today, times it by three, if you times 675,000 deaths by three, you're somewhere in that 2, 2.1 million range. Mm -hmm. Transition to today, that would be what Spanish flu would be in today's terms. Mm. Right now, we're sitting at around 170,000 deaths due to COVID. Mm -hmm. And every one of those deaths is tragic. Every one of those deaths is terrible. I'm not downplaying a single one of them. Okay? What I'm getting at is that we made it through a flu, a pandemic of that time. We played football. We still did things that the economy... Stayed open as much as we could. We also had a world war going on.
1: Yeah. You know, all those things. It's really hard to compare challenges of the today to the challenges of mm-hmm. before because all those people were so much tougher than we are. All of them. And, they, and and by the
2: way, there's photos of them at a football game, fans in the stands. Yeah. I'm and sure the, and none you know of them were? smiled. Well, you, <laughs> could, you couldn't see because they were wearing masks. because they had so, no teeth. Well, they had no teeth, but they also <laughs> they were wearing masks. No, so there were precautions being put in place. And I also trust... That in t- twenty twenty, not nineteen eighteen, we have made amazing advancements mm. in science and everything that we can handle this yeah. and we can be smart about it. It doesn't well, have to be ninety thousand people in the stands. We get that, but everything that we talk about for months and months and months, it's just amazing how in a twenty four, really about I'll call it a seventy two hour period, yeah, starting somewhere a lot on of Saturday get decided
1: right in that window, yeah, yeah.
2: from that Saturday. All the way to the Tuesday announcement, there was about a three-day period of where it's like, whoa, 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 wait, what's happened? What has changed? Why, all of a sudden, is this just over? Yeah, because it
1: wasn't like there was any decisions on capacity at stadiums throughout the big thing. There wasn't any of that talks. There was never any talk. I'm like, seemingly, if you were even going to say, you know, nobody gets to go to the games, central staff only, and the players which to me would probably protect as well as anything you could in this world to do it that way, knowing full well that these players also live on Earth where they leave football places <clears> and could get the virus. I know it happens. So that exists. But you never even really heard that being talked about. You never really heard about, you know, like you're hearing already about basketball being talked about, being played in a bubble. You, mm-hmm. you can tell NCAA basketball is very like paying attention to this situation because they can't have this. They need to figure out a way to make this this work sure. because because it just happened to college football, guys. I would have wow. never expected this. In all the lead up to it, I thought how could they not figure out some way to make this work in some capacity? So Skip some way. Skip talked about it on the last episode.
2: This pandemic has really brought about how dysfunctional college football leadership is mm-hmm. because the ncaa and all these other examples in fact last night saturday night like 11:30 <laughs> at night weird time to drop this but like the chief medical officer of the ncaa dropped something saying like it's something to the effect of i don't know how we're going to be able to play any sports and blah 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 and you know what that can be a really big statement from someone and it also means nothing when it comes to football where the ncaa has no jurisdiction and it's the thing that Skip kept hitting on, which was, how in the world does football not have some? How can the ACC play? I saw somebody say, you know, you can go to the state of Iowa right now and Iowa State can play, but Iowa can't. You can go to Indiana and Notre Dame can play, but Purdue and Indiana can't. Pitt can play, but Penn State can't. They're all in the same states. Don't tell me this is medical. Yeah. Don't
1: even begin telling me this is medical. its we, We're only going to have high school start here in about a week. Yeah. So how does that work? How do the high school kids that you know don't get the monitoring? Yep. You know they don't come. uh, There's just. Jerry Jones wants wants fans in the stands at Jerry World for the
2: Cowboys. Sure. Okay. So unless he knows something we don't, unless Corona. Virus can't enter Jerry Dome somehow, and if that's the case, the CDC should start directing people yeah. to Jerry World because sure. that—that is your—that's your, your COVID nineteen free place. Unless that's not the case, and I don't think it is. I think I think the virus spreads in there too. How do, are we going to have fans in the stands for the Cowboys? How do you have high school games? That, apparently, they, those players can't can't transfer. So to what do other, they do what? to
1: tackle? Is it is it flag football then? Because you can't have contact. I mean, I'm just saying. You it, ask good it, questions. It gets, it gets to a point of what are we talking about here? I mean, are we really going to say we can't we can't make contact in sports or we can't do these things and, and protect these kids I, it just doesn't make any sense to me and if you're doing it at these lower levels where you you know the observation and the uh, and all the testing is at an even lesser level or so do we care less about those kids? it just it, none of that plays right in my ear for some reason. So at some point we've got to understand that we will have players get COVID. And that for the most part, most of those players will be fine. And that won't be because we're a good or evil institution that will have everything to do with how the virus happens to interact with that particular person. What we do know is that for the most part, people of this age group do okay with it right mm-hmm. so there isn't there's an element of risk into that but, but Matt, guess where that player lives yep. but on Matt, planet earth where the virus is
2: everywhere Matt, not just on a football but Matt, field. what is this virus going to do to that player 30 years from now do we know that data mm. and the answer to me is well no no and you know there's a lot of things that players play right now that could affect them 20 years from now mm. there are players that can't walk 10 20 years after they're done playing football but yet they they took that risk and there's, a, you know, there's an, the brain issues that, that they've had, you know, the, the concussions. We get it. I mean, anybody that plays any sport could be affected by things down the road. And it's the fact that we can't even have
1: the discussion. Well, we didn't try. Like, if, if we did it, humongous outbreak, players getting really sick, hopefully, like, we don't want anybody to die. I feel so stupid that I have to keep saying that. Yeah. Just for the record going forward, at no point never do say- I want to sacrifice a life for football. I'm not, but, but those two things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. But at some point, that we're going to have to realize we have to have some people with COVID on our team. Because even if we get a vaccine soon, mm-hmm. then how long do we know till it's effective? Is that next football season? Because if it isn't, then how do we play now? Are we going to have – it just becomes too many – it's a can of worms to keep doing this and pushing it back. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know
2: what's funny to me a little bit, Mac? Or ironic maybe is the word. I don't know. You and I have been friends for a long time. Correct. I mean, we're dating back to the, to the late '80s, and we actually had a job together uh, one summer where we did construction in Illinois. It was our first year, you know, been after our freshman year in college, and we were in Illinois. It was the summer of one of the Bulls' ch- title runs, and I want to say Supersonics. So, whatever year that was. So, I don't know if this is the right one, but it, I'll still make the point: is that do you remember the, the game where Jordan had the flu? Mm-hmm. And it's and it has become in the in the lore of history one of the Toughest games. This guy fought through the flu well, now,
1: and played. If you believe the last dance, <laughs> it could have been food poisoning. Could have been, yeah. It, so we don't know. It could have been. The story been. sounds a little weird to me. But continue with your point. Okay, well. Either let, way, he had to overcome some tummy issues.
2: Some tummy issues. But let's call it the flu. Let's okay. say it was the flu. And he went out there and hailed, hailed by the by the, the general public for playing through this, this sickness. When in reality, I mean, should we look at that and go, you threatened everyone on the, on the court. Yeah. You could have given everyone the flu. You know, I mean, if we have one guy on the team that has has yeah. COVID, you know, he has a, a cough, and so, but maybe he maybe he tests negative, but he still doesn't feel great. Maybe it's a, yeah. a false negative. I have no idea, right? But, like, is he playing through pain if he plays through that cough? Or is he risking everyone out there? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big boy conversation, a big kid conversation
1: to have. Yeah. And and we're not having it. And it needs to happen because there's a lot of lives being affected by some of these choices. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really hope that and only because I'm I'm a sucker for Disney type finishes to a to something, but this would be a great time for a Disney finish and this player vote, you know, move Kevin Warren's heart to a place where it just beats out of his chest mm-hmm. and he decides to stamp on that approval of that Big Ten schedule and in two weeks we're playing ball. Hey, your boy here hasn't given up all that hope. I, I go to sleep with that. You you believe in manifesting and vision boards? Sure. I ain't taking down my vision well, board. The, the, the conferences that are going to play, at least still scheduled to play, they're not
2: scheduled to play until late September. If you think about it in that regard... Nothing's lost. We're we not, can totally redo this. This can change. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm giving us the a 1% hope here, right? Or I think it's like Yacht Boy or some yacht guy, Ski Yacht or something on... Twitter has yeah. yeah some some guy has these sources he's like Yatsky he's like a twelve year old kid and he has like That'd sources be funnier. yeah he has these sources saying that the Big Ten's going to play and all this and oh, I love that kid right in fact now. those sources are supposed to be dropping today probably as we're recording right now so they're either true or not we might need I, to we might need to take a Twitter to out <laughs> we may need to that's a new feature <laughs> but you know speaking of someone who who maybe hasn't had a heart for Nebraska and I don't think he's going to be changing his mind anytime soon I, I couldn't really care less anyways. Pat forty Mac, but mm. let me let me read you what old Patty boy had to had to talk about Nebraska Pat the other six day. Six second forty. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes and he wrote this on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever. He would never write it today. He wouldn't have the, the balls to do that. Oh. Not after Ohio State and other schools have come out and said the same thing Nebraska did. But when it was convenient for him to do it, yes, he wrote this. So he goes, Nebraska's carping falls in the category of unwanted entitlement or unwarranted entitlement. Like, who cares what Nebraska thinks? You're unhappy making $54 million in media rights as the ninth best football program in a 14-team conference. Please, go. Pack up your John Deere and hit the farm roads oh. out of here. Adding Nebraska was like buying stock in newspapers 10 years ago after oh. the internet went mainstream.
0: Jeez. It was a
2: backward-thinking decision. decision. Grabbing a program on the downside of a run that will be supremely difficult to ever approximate ever again, given the natural
1: recruiting territory. Oh, man. He's got all the answers. That guy. I mean, very COVID-related. So, yeah. Mac. Wow. It Feel, feels like, Pat, you just got a lot off your chest. I'm like, that seemed like some stuff he just wanted to say to us. Well, because he, what did that have to do with what we said we wanted to do? I more?
2: think he learned some of that in, at Mizzou Journalism School where oh. he went. Maybe So maybe there's this bias or a little bit of... Hatred towards yeah. Nebraska that dates back to even before flea kickers.
1: Yeah, because it almost sounds like he's mocking the agricultural uh, component to our state, which is ridiculous, right? Because everybody knows that that helps move the nation. No one sure. would openly do that as an uh, educated journalist. That would be ridiculous. Well,
2: remember when we closed the country back in March and April yeah. and nobody went to work and nothing ever got yeah. done for two months because
1: that's what we need to do to, to right. cure COVID? Uh, remember those farmers that still went to work? Yeah. And that's, it still produced food. That's crazy. And then, and then how we were ungrateful for the $54 million that we got, which is kind of... That is a nice chunk of change. Certainly nothing we're not used to. Uh, it's not like we're a school that hasn't made money before. Yeah, we do pretty well. So I, I guess his big problem is what then? That that we really wanted to play football, and we were hoping that our student-athletes who have put all this time in, we all agree. Sure. Our, the Nebraska students aren't a aren't unique in this way it was just that the coaching staff was probably i don't think this is really that arguable but frost seemed to be one of the first ones to say anything about all this about our students want to play they're more concerned about eligibility than they are about gaining a virus specifically saying quite frankly i don't think they take it seriously enough that is a big statement nobody talks about that nobody talks about how hey college football players aren't taking the virus seriously. That could be a headline, but for some reason it wasn't because Frost also said this other thing, which seemed to buck science, from what I understand, and, and certainly, you know, popular opinion sometimes. I don't know, man.
0: Without the structure environment here, I worry about our kids. I worry about our kids in relation to drugs. I worry about our kids in relation to alcohol. I worry about our kids in relation to the decisions they're making outside of any kind of football Uh structure or workout structure truly at the bottom of my heart believe that our kids are safer in this environment than they are somewhere else
2: well i mean frost said it all off season. we have repeated it 50 times on this show that he said kids are going to get this whether they play football or not mm-hmm. so okay if it if this is about the safety of the players okay fine by all means cancel football shut it down and then thankfully because we made that wise decision we will no longer have players catching it. Right, Mac? Is that it? Or wait, no. It's because they went to campus. So what we need to do is send every kid home. We can't have school. We can't have – send your kids home, put them in a bubble, guess what? Then they won't catch it, right? Is that it?
1: You know what I'm not excited to hear about, but I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that I will? How many college football players get COVID that were at schools that had canceled football? How many will that be? What if that number's really high? What if they really get sick doing that? Well, what if they didn't go treat it for a while? And I really hope that never becomes a story. Mm-hmm. But if it is, then I hope the media is willing to cover that as well and go, hey, this was actually a glaring mistake. We probably should have kept these guys in a place where we could watch them and, and maybe give them motivation to do things they want to do, which is how yeah. young kids and, work. And it's exactly what Frost said,
2: that there's no better place for them to be than within our confines that you know within the the medical and the support staff system that they have here with us it's the safest
1: place for them to be they get tested they track their sleep they track their nutrition they're checking temperatures every day if you've been in exposure you get tested and isolated and in, in, in a way that it's not like isolated where you get sent home to work from from work for two weeks Because you might have been exposed. Mm -hmm. It's isolated like, okay, you're isolated. Here's your homework. Here's your tutoring. If you need help here. It's a good isolation. You're okay. You're taken care of. Mm -hmm. We're throwing all that away. You're taking all of that away from these players. Because there's no way we can house them for this long. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. even make sense that we could house them and keep them safe if we can't play and keep them safe. So that argument's gone.
2: And within a 72-hour period, too, we've also taken away what all the planning that had been gone on for four and five right. months, how to prepare for this. Right. I mean, we talked with Sipple just two weeks ago today, Mac, and Simple, who had conversations with Moose, Athletic Director Moose throughout the offseason, talked with Frost. He's talked with the people in the know, and they were all moving forward with this idea that we were going to have some kind of football season. Yeah. They didn't know exactly how it was going to look, but we're going to have that. So every single decision and all the planning you do moves forward towards that. And the second, literally within a 72-hour period, that that gets <clears throat> taken away, Okay, what happens to all that planning now? Do players go home? Do play? Who knows? Well, it what, certainly what happens wasted, now? right? certainly and, 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 feels
1: like and it. I know there's people out there that think, well, they've got piles and piles and piles of money. And I understand why you'd think that because the University of Nebraska is one of the rare kind of situations where I think – the guys who've been running our books for a while have done a good job. We're
2: one of the only schools in the country that make all that money right. without
1: bringing in any tax money or right. any student revenue. We bring in our own money. In right. fact,
2: the last couple of years, they've given
1: $10 million back from the athletic department right. to the academic side of the university. So, so that's the case there. But now you've got resources that you've diverted into doing exactly what you just said, planning for this, scheduling this on the phone doing all these calls, making sure this can happen. You know, new protocols, testing, 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 testing. All that stuff costs money. And you did all of that with the hopes of then having a college football season to hopefully recoup some of the losses. Because make no mistake, I'm sure their expenses went up during this time. And there was no revenue. So it's not just the loss of the revenue that we aren't going to get now because the season didn't happen. We dumped like a lot of resources into just showing people that we could do this safely. Mm-hmm. And, and to do that, and this is, I guess, kind of the, the root of things too, is you just wasted all those people's effort. You didn't even give it a shot, and these people put a lot of yep. time into it. And that's not just the administration, the nope. coaching staff. It's the players, too. And, and, it's, and it's these families, and, and you, you've now just kind of thrown it away, and you haven't given a good reason. You just echoed what the Wisconsin players tweeted about, where they go, you didn't even give it a chance. Not one chance. You just chance. didn't even give it a chance. It was so weak in that respect, too. It's like, can we – certainly if an outbreak happened because of the first college football week – I could be wrong, but it still wouldn't have been so bad that they couldn't have been handled medically. But we could have at least seen, okay, this is a problem. Okay, we got about 14, 15, 20 guys all right, this is actually going to be an issue, or do these guys get really sick? But we don't even know what those numbers could be. What if nobody got sick? You know, what if everybody was fine? But we don't even know what those numbers could be to see how easily this transfers, how bad the impact is. Like, we're, we're ruining a chance to actually learn how to do this because here's the problem. We're yep. going to go into the next season and still not have any of these answers because the virus still won't be gone, and we won't know if the if there's a vaccine. We won't know if that's effective yet either, not in the time frame that we've been given. So mm-hmm. these questions still are going to remain unanswered all the way up until next season, and then what? And mm-hmm. then what? Now we're just broke enough that we have to do it? Mm-hmm. Or is, is it now not about player safety? Now what's it about? Because we keep moving the goalpost, and it's getting frustrating for some of these folks that it's not a number, it's not a statistic. It's their lives. It's their loved ones' lives. You know, this it's more than just football, and I, I, people always try to. I don't know. They demean it and minimize it by saying that, but it's so much more. And you get to talking about it. I know we're a mm-hmm. football fan podcast, so people are always just thinking, these guys just want to watch football. They'll sit back and watch football. They don't care about football. If you, don't think we, yeah, if you don't, tired and if you don't think we care about the players, yeah.
2: if you don't think we care about the university, uh, in fact, I want to transition us a little bit to talk about away. Well, yeah. I want to talk about caring about this university. I want to talk about caring about this state and supporting and defending it. And I'll, I'll give you a tweet that Zach Duvall, our, our strength coach, wrote where he said, when did standing up for your team, your school, city, and state become an abhorrent thing? As far as I'm concerned, we are galvanized as one Nebraska. Stand for something or go down, or go down for nothing. Absolutely. I think the one, I don't, I can't read the future for cripe's sakes. I've been saying all along we're going to be playing, and I've also been saying we're going to go 12 another the last couple of this years. This is our year. Obviously, I'm, you know, I, I'm not the best prognosticator, right? But having said that, what I have noticed that has come out of this week that I think is going to start to become very apparent as we move forward, I haven't seen Husker Nation as unified as it is right now. We... Now, I'll, I'll date this back to it. I We had about a 14-year span, literally from where Steve Peterson gravitated us to mediocrity in 2003. Right. November of 2003, right after the Colorado game, day after. From that point until September of 2017 when I, was let go on a Thursday after the loss to Northern Illinois. yeah. And Dave Remington was brought in for a couple of months. And that, that calming effect of having somebody that you knew really deeply cared. And then we bring in Moose. And Moose... Right away, hit it off right, bringing in Matt Davison to go out and get Frost, doing what he did to get Hoiberg, really settling the the fan base in that regard. And I know we've had two seasons of where the wins haven't all been there, but we all – all on this show at least, agree that we love the process mm-hmm. that we're going through right now. We have shut down the borders to where we're going to recruit all of our in-state kids. Some kids are going to leave if, by their choice, but it's not because we don't we don't care about them, don't go after them. Fact. We're going to go after walk-ons. And Zach Duval, that same Zach Duval guy that wrote that, he's going to build our guys up and we're going to have Husker power again. Those are things that we feel very strong about on the field. Right. Okay? But this is about supporting us off the field. And Husker Nation... Mac, you said something on a show that we did way back in February. I think it was hype management was the show. And you made a reference where at that time Husker Nation was still a little bit divided in the sense of you had the optimists and the and the pessimists, right? You had the ones that would or the realists I guess I call them. But you'd have the fans that would sit there and go, "Hey, I think uh, Martinez is going to have a great season next year." And somebody would go, "Stop it, prove it, blah mm-hmm. blah blah." And someone asked the question, maybe it was Dave, asked the question is like well, Nebraska fans get unified and until they start seeing wins, and you're like, No, it would take somebody it will take someone from the outside coming in and hmm. saying about us for us to get unified to, to, to fight back. <laughs> now now you said that under the premise of football related. You weren't thinking for COVID sure. and you certainly weren't thinking the things that Desmond and those guys said, but you were basically saying it would take somebody from the outside to come and attack us for Husker Nation to all get unified. Right, right, right. Well, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. And anybody that's been on the social media and the webs... Not happy about that one, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has been great. We've had Dirk on our side. Dirk has written some very
1: positive hey, things the last couple days. I don't know if I've ever been very negative about Dirk on this show, but privately I have. And i got to say, his response on Twitter... Spot on. ...was pretty good. <clears throat> Sometimes he takes an angle that it's a little more trolly to me. This one, he was... I tip the cap to him this it, time.
2: We defend this program, and that's what Husker Nation, when it's unified, man, it's a great thing. Yeah. It's the thing that reminds me if I go back to the to the nineties, it's not just winning games on the field. It is there is a it's a fun group of people. It's yeah. a fun nation to be yeah. part of when we all really feel like the I, I remember with Osborne just thinking he'll never leave. Yeah, in mean, my first right, twenty yeah. years, I'm mean, my first twenty years. He's not going anywhere. Right. So it's gonna be like he, this forever. And, and he cares so much about our state. And the guy was from Hastings and all that. And you know he's doing only things that are in the best interest of our state. And that's it. That's it. And because of that. I mean, it made it so easy to support right, and when you started to bring outsiders, you know starting with callahan and and all of a sudden you'd have that first staff of Riley didn't have a single guy on the entire coaching staff. they even had a Nebraska connection to it. you yeah. know coaches don't have to come from Nebraska, but it's nice to have a couple yeah. and it was in year two when he brought Perella when Riley did that, it's like finally we had a Nebraska
1: guy even on the staff I remember he did he did, he did a interview. And he was talking about the black shirts, and he told a story about the black shirts, like he had just read a story about how we first handed out the black shirts, and he, you know, and that's, you know, that's that's a pretty special thing to be a part of, you know. I'm like, Ugh.
2: the connection, the connection that we can have with our fan or with our coaching staff, with our players when there are players from our small right, town, the right. walk-ons, when the when the coach talks about the state the way that Frost came out in that press conference on Monday right. and before he even said a word, talked about how proud he was yeah. to be here and representing this state. That's the thing that the yeah. Husker Nation is going to pay you back,
1: yeah. his, coaching staff. His, we will pay you back a hundredfold for that kind of loyalty and that kind of response to us. You, you said it earlier, and I agree. The mentality at the university right now in terms of the leadership all the way down to the head coach Suits me right down to the bone. Those guys seem to be in step with what we want to do. You know, I, I understand we've talked, you know, the wins and losses aren't quite there. Well, the losses are there. We'd like those to go down. But, <laughs> but once that starts falling in line, and I think it will. I just think there have been too many good decisions along the yep. way, which is you know, adds to the frustration of this year because this was going to be a valuable year one yep. way or the other. Uh, you know, but... But you're right. When you when you look at it and you see that Nebraska is a unified front on this. We're going to we did everything we could do. No one in this conference who wanted to play football would fault Nebraska's effort in this offseason to try to do everything they could to make it happen. Yep. We did. And it still didn't happen. And it's okay to be frustrated with that. And it's okay to say the things you want to you to say about getting games for your players who have poured their heart and soul into this. And, you know, what you told their parents you would let them do. You know, this is all factored in. It's not so easy. It's not so black and white that you just get to say this guy's a bad guy because he didn't agree with this one thing, particularly when you know they didn't listen to the whole interview. Not, I'm going no. back to Will Bond and, sure. and Howard a little bit. Like, there's no way you listened to that whole interview and came to the conclusion you did. So yep. it's lazy journalism, and it, it is what it is, but you guys – you're better than that to me to just let that go.
2: And it's the thing that. You're I, conference guys. And it's what makes me so proud to see. Uh, you mentioned the, the Husk guys and, and the, the Doc Talk. And I mean, there's a. I could go on. There were so many people that we interacted with. Oh God, God, pick Six even came out. Oh my God, Pick Six Brett. Yeah. Brett did a great poll on Dan Walken. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was like, you know,
2: it's, I mean, I, I, I'm forgetting the exact words, you know, what, is he a quality journalist, yes or no, or agree or disagree I mean, honestly, or something. I honestly don't know like if 90, I would
1: know Dan Walken's name if it wasn't for Twitter.
2: Oh, I mean, Pat Forty is, is Dan Walken with gray hair. I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy to see Husker Nation in that sense unite against that attack. Yeah. Like, we can't just leave it to frost and let those guys hang out in the wind and have to defend themselves. We came out as Husker Nation and did it. We're irrelevant? Okay, well, at least you're going to hear from us. And you may get a couple clicks right now, but that's going to... But then when you block us, guess what? You're not going to get our clicks anymore anyways. People
1: love to tell us what Nebraska is. Yeah. And I don't need to hear it. They were wrong last year. They're going to be wrong this year. We know what Nebraska is. And... It's so funny that they think we care. You know, the the play will speak for itself. And mm. when we're when we really get back to where we're going to go, the play will speak for itself. So, mm. you know, everybody's on a list right now. Howard's on it, Forty's <laughs> on it. You know, it's all going to come back. And forever. you
2: know who's not on it? And what's interesting, Clatt.
1: well, <laughs> Clatt.
2: I like Joel but Clatt. You know what's interesting to me and this is uh, I've mentioned And he's the, a Buffalo. Yep. I've mentioned um Jeffrey the Greek a number of times and I did call with him. I I we've created our own relationship off the show where we will text each other and stuff. He's an Iowa guy, right? And but Sorry. this pandemic has created strange bedfellows so to speak. Whatever the whatever the phrase is. I'll tell you what, I have more respect right now for the Iowas. For the Ohio State's, the Penn State's, the, the Wisconsin's. The schools are standing up and saying the same thing. You know what? They love football there every, yeah. much as, yeah. every bit as much as we do. Yeah. I think I think if, if there was something 10 years ago that Nebraska came in and we were arrogant because we cared. To, you know, we yeah. were so high on our team or whatever. You know what? I don't care. That's water under the bridge. That's 10 years for, ago. Right now, what I see is I see. You said it earlier, Mac. We're not alone. Mm-mm. Husker Nation is not the only one mad because we don't get to yeah. play football. It's such a ridiculous When I talked to Jeffrey, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this, he was feeling the exact same way about Iowa as Iowa's about Nebraska. Yeah. You kidding me? Big Kurt over there on, on Eyes of the Big Ten. He's an Illinois guy. You know what? They just made a bowl game last year. You think he didn't want to see them play in a game? Yeah. They, people care about their teams. Unless I you're Michael Woban and you don't care about Northwestern, why wouldn't you want to watch that football? That was one
1: of the most obnoxious things about – howard's statement is like you assume that you know how everybody else in the conference feels by mm. telling us we're out of line wow that's so obnoxious wow i'm like you you don't know how the other people feel you're just gonna speak for the rest of the conference and think Nebraska is the only one yep. Nebraska is the only football team mad about not playing football in the big 10 are you kidding me talk, i mean talk about having no pulse geez, on the situation it just in it and it's on un, it's unacceptable yeah, for your job, you should have yeah. a better. Idea. It's not like an NBA no. NBA guy speaking about this. Mm-hmm. You cover college football. It's <laughs> it's your job, and you have no pulse on that.
2: You had no pulse. Anyone that was claiming that Nebraska should leave the, the conference because we were because we were claiming we <laughs> wanted to leave, go and find any quote from any anybody affiliated with Nebraska with the university. Find a quote or anything where someone said we want to leave. Yeah. You can't because it didn't happen. So anyone that's in the journalism world, you know, has journalists anywhere on their title, and they promoted that? Shameful. Yeah. Shame on you.
1: So I mean, that is. Think about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, good God. It's that, pathetic. Well, so what did we do? We supported it. That's what Husker Nation did. The other thing I do want Husker Nation and Redcasters out there to do is support this program right now with whatever resources you can. Bill Moose sent a thing out, a, an email out a week or two ago to ticket holders, giving them three options. And, you know, there was, you could defer tickets was one of them. Which there, one was the
1: red pill? Because I want to take the one where I don't, where I wake up from this stupid reality. Oh,
2: was it? I've seen a, a commercial, uh, Skip sent us a video of like a, a year quill, like day quill, except it's year quill. <laughs> take these pills and wake up and it'll be, you yeah. know, you'll hibernate through 2020. Doesn't sound but, bad. But Moose sent something out to... The, the donor base basically you know saying it, one of them was the one of the options was a day by day campaign where it's like you just donate that money and look I, it's easier for me to tell other people how to spend their money I get it but you know what if you can donate if you if you were gonna pay the money for tickets and let's say we don't have the season because I'm still I'm holding that one percent hope that that we do Max somehow somehow Kevin Warren yes, and the bunch are gonna come to their their senses but but they're, if they don't they're
1: embers but they're still fire they're
2: still heart. fire there it, but Let's just say it doesn't happen. Well, you've already paid your money for your tickets, and now you're not going to get them. If you can, hashtag day by day, man, do it. Just <laughs> There's $100 million that isn't coming to that program. And if anyone thinks this is a plea just for football, yeah. again, Frost couldn't have said it any clearer. And for anyone that would have taken the time to listen to that press conference, I mean, he talked about those other programs. Stanford let go of 11 programs. It wasn't football and basketball they let go of. They let yeah. go of the programs that aren't making – the revenue there. Uh George Washington University doesn't even have a football a, program. They a, let go of three they let th- go of three programs because they're 20 hundred
1: million in the It world. was a big picture perspective. That's what he was talking about. It was about. so it smart. Was not, it was not football centric at all. He, he that's, that's absolutely right. He was talking about things that nobody else, football coach or, or
2: otherwise, were talking about. Yeah. He put it all together in the surroundings of a football press conference, but he talked about things that were so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And he talked about it with a care of the state and the people right. here that, that that he truly has. There was no
1: BS. Yeah. Not like a guy who lives at the embassy suites. Yeah. You know, this, oh. this, this guy's got roots.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. But
1: anyway. Mac, I mean
2: I feel like we've got a lot off our chest tonight, so Again, I you know, I'm gonna end it on my end here. I'll give you a parting shot, Mac, but on my end I just I, I want to thank the other guys on the show again for doing what they did on Wednesday night. I mean, it's still hard for me to even talk about right now because I just it, it's hard for me to compartmentalize everything. But I want to thank those guys for doing that again. They have no concept that we're even re- doing recording this right now. So when I drop the show, it'll be news to them as much as it is for anyone else. Right. Um,
1: one more thing before we go, and I know there's been a lot of. Just a lot of distractions online and a lot of things going on in the world right now. But specifically to the to the Lincoln listeners out there, let's not forget about those coyotes. There there has been <laughs> less talk about them, but I seriously doubt the uh, issue's been addressed. I was at homes late today. Pretty sure I saw a burrow. Um, you <laughs> know, high alert. You have small animals. You're in that area. You know, take heed, take caution. So. Uh, fingers crossed for the football season, and uh, you know, be sure to spade new to your animals. Bob Barker out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, with that, uh, that's a, a go big, big request.
1: Bast- R- GBR. good.